Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Welcome again to another edition of Emil Franzi's The Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker de France is elsewhere. I don't know where. He apparently is having horse problems. <laughs> and in Los Angeles, it is Todd Roberts. Howdy. Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm here. I don't know where I am, but I'm here. <laughs> and I'm happy to be here, although I don't know where it is. So send out a posse and maybe they'll find me and then we'll we'll be able to circle back around and do the show. Okay. So posse is gone. What is our show on today, sir? Our show Please today, tell me. Our show today is a continuation of last week's program. Uh, um, that is uh, no topic for old men. Um, bunches of nuggets. Whatever the hell you want to talk about as long as it pertains to the old west. Well, it reminds me of a Grasso Marx joke, you know. The show was so bad, we decided to, 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 to extend it for the audience's pleasure. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I shot, a, I shot an elephant in my pajamas this morning. How an elephant got into my pajamas, I'll never know. You know, if the Marx Brothers had done westerns, they wouldn't... We would never look at him the same. I don't think we could. I mean, geez. So well, much I, of think, that, I think we... I was going to say... I so, think in spirit, the Marx Mothers did do a Western. Yeah. They, in, they, in, in spirit, they, they did do a Western. It's called Blazing Saddles. Well, that and, but and they did... in truth... Yeah. They, they did A Day at the Races, which is about horse racing. Well, A Day at the Races, yes, but, yes. But, uh, I mean, but I would also know. say to you... They, the the Laurel and Hardy film. Oh yeah. Where uh, where uh, Laurel and Hardy are in the old west and they do that dance routine uh-huh. is very reminiscent of 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 uh, Groucho Marx dancing. Yes, yes. In in his films. <laughs> yeah. But I'll also say to you that um, I think it's important to realize that um, you know whenever somebody gives me a little bit of a looks down their nose at westerns or poo-poos westerns or so on, I'll always say, well, you know, the, the westerns uh, westerns are the origin of all of it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Star Wars, uh, George, and this is directly from George Lucas's mouth. Sure. Star Wars is a western. Of course. Uh, samurai films by Kurosawa. Yep. Uh, they're all western Yep. Uh, they're all Shakespearean stories, but they are set in westerns. Yep. Uh, and um, and at the same time, you know, I think it's important to remember that the Marx Brothers, since we're on the subject of them, they they loved to to go to. There was a famous pharmacy with a soda fountain and a sundry shop here in Los Angeles for many, many years. It's gone now. It's called Schwab's Pharmacy. There is a Schwab's Pharmacy still here in Beverly Hills, but it's the grandson of Schwab. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the original Schwab's Pharmacy was a uh, was a, just a tremendous place. It, it had just, it had everybody going there. People loved it to death. In fact, uh, uh, um, uh, oh God, uh, Harriet Nelson, 
uh, Ozzie Nelson's wife and the mother of Ricky and David Nelson right. uh, loved it so much that after it was torn down and her house was just around the corner from it she couldn't when she drove when they, when she was in a car and she would drive by where the location is because I know where the corner is it's on the corner of Crescent Heights and Sunset Boulevard mm-hmm. she couldn't look hmm. at, in that direction she had to look away and she would cry Aww. yeah she would cry because of all the great times the fun times that she and Ozzy and the boys had in in Schwab's pharmacy which yes was a pharmacy was also a soda fountain where you could get a hot hamburger and a malt or whatever and also was a sundry shop and if you really want to understand the popularity of Schwab's pharmacy just go and watch the film Sunset Boulevard Mm -hmm. because it's in two different scenes in that film Mm -hmm. and uh, it's very very perfectly illustrated of what it was like there Um, but the story I want to tell is the Marx Brothers loved Schwab's, but they didn't like to go when anybody else was there. Okay. So they would go after the doors were closed, and Mr. Schwab had a big window, a big plate glass window in his in his office that looked out onto the pharmacy, and you could see the front doors with the windows there on the front doors that looked out onto Sunset, and uh, often at night he'd be in there you know, finishing things up and the place was closed everybody had gone home he was all that was left and there'd be a rat tat 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 on the door the big <laughs> glass doors out on Sunset Boulevard and he'd look up and it was the Marx Brothers uh, and they would you know, be smacking tapping on the door and waving at him, and he'd wave him off. Go away, go away. I don't know. No, I'm not opening the door for you guys. I've done this too many times, mm-hmm. he'd say. And they'd keep waving and waving and waving. And finally, he'd give in and he'd say, Okay, all right, here's the rules. I'm allowing you guys, you know, 30 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever it is. And they'd give him, now this is just realize this, this is in the 30s. Okay. They'd give him a $100 bill. Whoa! And he would allow them in the store, he'd lock the door after them, and he'd go back up into his office and finish what he had to do, and he'd say, when I'm done, we're done. We're all done. We're all leaving. When I'm done, that's it. Whatever, however long it takes me to finish up, that's it. And they'd go, okay, okay, no problem. Okay, <laughs> fine. And they'd give him the $100 bill, and then... He would go back home to his office and look down upon the aisles at Schwab's, and they would run rampant up and down the aisles, grabbing all the the oh, the God. Indian the Indian uh, bows and arrows and oh, Indian geez. headdresses. Oh no! And they put them on, woo, woo, and they put woo, the gun belts on. And, yeah, woo, 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 woo. and they'd shoot at each other the bows and arrows and the pistols and the cap guns, and they'd eat candy. And, um, you know, these are grown men with wives Uh and cigar smokers and (laughs) children, heavy drinkers. And they were making the greatest, some of the greatest comedies that were ever made. But when they were given a moment of respite and 
to themselves. They reverted to themselves. They <laughs> they reverted back to the part of themselves they yeah. never got to be. Yeah. Which were cowboys yeah. and Indians. Yeah. Golly. So even the Marx Brothers liked Westerns. You know, you gotta... So w- our great founder, Emil Franzi, was right. Yes. Yes, indeed. You know... <laughs> You gotta wonder uh, what a what it must have been like on the on the set of a Marx Brothers movie. I mean, most of that stuff was scripted, but there was a bunch more that was uh, ad lib and improv. And uh, you know, there was a lot of ad libbing, a lot, a but, lot of ad libbing. But you know, for all the craziness, it's important to remember that Gracho used to walk his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he would go pick her up every day at school because, mm-hmm. you know, her mom was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, she was unfortunately an alcoholic, and then she was in a uh, uh, a facility, uh, and then she was, and then from there she was no longer with us. And there are pictures of Groucho uh, in in a you know in his regular street clothes not in character, not with a cigar, mm-hmm. going, standing at the gate of the school to pick his daughter up and walk her down to the car and he would drive her home. Nice. And he tried to create as normal, a regular, everyday life as mm-hmm. possible could be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, for all the craziness and the mayhem that ensued on the set it, within in front of the camera... Behind it, it was pretty normal. Yeah. Uh, the, all three of them liked to smoke their cigars. They loved to play poker. They loved to play golf. And they loved to play gin rummy as well. And that's how the Hillcrest Country Club got started, which was <laughs> Milton Berle, the Marx Brothers, Georgie Jessel, oh, wow. uh, uh, Jack Benny, oh, um, and so on. And that's... and. That and that's because they were all Jewish and cigar smokers and, and cigar smokers. Yeah. But it wasn't. It, they couldn't join L.A. Country Club because they were cigar smokers. They were. They couldn't join L.A. Country Club because they were Jewish. Well, as so Gra- they decided as Gra- to as start Gra- their own club. As Groucho said, I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that wanted me to join. <laughs> right. Exactly. But my favorite favorite Groucho line is. Um, <laughs> Chico walks up to him in one of the films and hands him some documents that he's supposed to understand as uh-huh. the president of the country oh, or the ruler yeah, yeah, of the country. Yeah, yeah. And he, he looks at it and he, he goes, here, you got to look at this and understand it. And he looks at it and he goes, I don't understand it. He goes, what are you talking about? Any five-year-old child could understand that. <laughs> he said, fine, go out and find me a five-year-old <laughs> child and he'll explain it to me. Yep. They were classic, 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 and our our good friend and friend of the show, Chris Enns, uh, she only she doesn't only write about uh, cowboys and, and the West. And she's, cowgirls. And cowgirls. She's doing a, uh, uh, or has already accomplished a, a, a book about Thelma Todd, who played opposite Groucho and the yes. boys in uh, damn near every one of their movies. And uh, so I'm anxious to read that particular book because no doubt there are going to be some really, really good things. Bunker de France is usually uh, quite talkative at this point, but he's not here. Um, apparently, uh, his horse took a stumble, and he's probably still lying in the, di- in the ditch. 
<laughs> you know, a stunt man he can get down, yeah. but he can't get back up. Not his, yeah, well, not his you know, age. <laughs> this, this is this is the advantage. Uh, this is being. This is what's advantageous about being a drunkard. Is it's easy, you know, you're so used to falling down and getting up, you can do it under almost any circumstance. You know, when, uh, yeah, exactly. When I was looking for an apartment to move into, I had, <laughs> you'll love this, I had the, uh, I had the uh, uh, Jack Elam um, reminder of what I needed in a hallway. <laughs> Remember the story he told to Collier and the Collier re- recanted uh, yes. on the show about when uh, Jack's daughter was going to be going to the University of Arizona. He was searching for a house for her and uh, he, he would look at a couple and no, no, no. Found a house and said, yeah, that's good. And it's got the uh, the, uh, the walls. He could lean against the walls. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it always reminds me of the joke by Dean Martin. Uh, Frank Sinatra said, boy, those are some cufflinks you got there. Those are pretty beautiful. They're pretty special. He said, these aren't cufflinks, Frank. They're curb feelers because I sleep in the gutter. He goes, how do you know you've had too much to drink, Dean? He goes, when I'm faced out. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. We'll be here all week. Hey, uh, speaking of all week, Here's something to look at or to think about. I mean, the, the good, good, good cowboy saying here. After weeks of beans and taters, even a change to taters and beans is good. Yeah, because you know? let, let's remember something. Uh, you know, it's all based on uh, perspective and prerogative. Thank you. You know, and uh, um, it depends on which one you eat first. And let's also remember that my mother used to love the... I'd buy her cornbread, and she'd take it and put it in a glass of milk and eat it with a spoon. And I said, Mom, come up, please. What do you, what do you, Mom? And she'd say, you know, I was eating this a long, long time before you were ever born. And my mother, your grandmother, was eating it a long, long time before I was born. So if if you're having trouble, son, uh, you know, go out into the garage and try to get lost. <laughs> you probably could in your garage, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And and by the way, uh, you know, I have to tell you, I've become somewhat. Uh, it's it's one of my f- more favorite meals: cornbread, pinto beans, a raw onion. Uh, yeah, and a little bit of hot sauce. We're 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 sitting pretty good there. All right, so uh, it, memories of mom. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and on that note, we'll go ahead and take yeah. our first commercial break. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we come back. I'll tell you a story about grandma. Oh, probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back on Amal Francis Voices of the West. After these important messages, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. We're from the White Stallion Ranch. Back in a bit. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn to- I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Men, you don't have to come, but I'm going to see if I can help the Colorado kid. You'd better stay in here, Tolls. Why, out in that street, there's a gun in every hand. And you'd last about as long as a snowball would in Hades. This is the Voices of the West. Yeah, Eddie Cochran. Eddie Cochran. Yeah, he did it originally. That's the Bobby Fuller Four. And, Bob, uh, Bobby Fuller Four. Yeah, and I saw it live in ooh. the summer of 79. Oh, my God. With the James Taylor Band. Oh, geez. And that was his encore last, last song. Yeah. Was uh, I fought the uh, law. Yeah. I fought the law, and the law won. Yeah, and he also did in that show uh, Summertime Blues. Hey. Welcome yeah. back to Emil Francis of Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. Except Bunker is not here. Bunker's horse gave out on him, and uh, he's well, Bunker is here. Bunker well, is he's Bunker somewhere. is here in the in the commercial. Well, the, yeah, there he is. Yes, in the commercial. he's in the commercial. But uh, so uh, uh, he's here in spirit as well. And, yes, uh, well, he's always here in spirit. He, he called AAA. He's here with us. He, he called AAA, but I don't know that they do anything with horses. 
Um, but uh, yeah, well, I I think calling AAA is about as useful as calling your ex-wife. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one, yeah. but I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I do, Harry, and I can tell you, you know, I can tell you how much it's worth. Um, so I just get to finish this story with Grandma. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Grandma, Grandma would. Uh, It'd get a little loud and too many people talking, so she'd get up and she'd go to the kitchen. She'd come out of the kitchen and she'd start heading towards her bedroom and you'd say, Grandma, where are you going? And she'd say, oh, honey, I'm going to go milk the cow. (laughs) So one one of us would inevitably say, but Grandma, you don't have a cow. And she'd just kind of smile and keep walking. So... And she'd have a coffee cup in her hand. Oh, God. And it would have milk in it. Uh-huh. Oh, so God. one time, for the ill-advised odd reason, I decided to take a sip of that uh, coffee cup. Oh. Yeah. What so kind of bourbon the coffee did she cup have? Was, she had, no, 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 not bourbon, not bourbon. It was scotch oh. and milk. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was enough to... Uh, I started speaking Gaelic. Yeah. And she was milking cows. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Grandma would... Did that one cup of... Uh, that one cup of milk and the cow, uh, she was she was ready to go to bed. That was it. And oh, I thought, that, you know, just... It, it, it just... It, for me, it just speaks to all those... Country remedies, country recipes, country uh, those those country shall I say songs, country lifestyle, all of that that we you know so many people have lost because they're out of touch with it, and I was just lucky enough to be around it and okay. see it and experience it, and you know my grandmother Flora was uh, quite a character, quite a character. She was uh, she was alone. She was a single mother in the Depression, in the Dust Bowl, in Oklahoma, with five girls. Goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she somehow uh, made it all work. Wow. It was hard. It was was really hard. It was difficult. But they made it work. And... uh, you know, you know that, whenever I start thinking about, oh, God, you know, my life is so tough, my life is so hard, my life is so this, that, I start thinking about my grandmother, and I think, you know what, uh, you, you just better start, you, you just better start, stop talking and start doing. You know, that, that, that's an interesting point you talk about there, because when we look at today's society, our kids, for the most part, do not have the people to look up to, uh, i.e. their parents or their grandparents, in terms of how things were, because everybody seems to think that they're entitled to this, that, and every damn thing else, and they don't understand what it was like or what it may have been like. Now, my, my parents grew up in the Depression, um, got married during the Depression, and, you know, uh, I, I wasn't born during the Depression, but, you know, I, I can relate to what they went through, having gone through some of those things myself uh, while a member of the United States military. But, um, you know, for the most part, kids today don't have that, that uh, 
the, those people to look up to and and the people of today aren't there to teach those mores of yesteryear to tomorrow's generation does that make sense well a hundred percent harry the only thing i will change of what you said is it's not it's not that they're not there to teach it it's that the 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 people of today are not willing to learn it Mm, yeah and you know every time i would drive my mom uh you know through needles or through uh barstow or wherever she'd always you know we'd be driving along she'd say oh boy is it hot here (laughs) and i'd say mom it's uh it's uh it's the day before christmas uh it's not so hot she'd say well, um, I'm not speaking about today. I'm speaking about when we used to drive through here on our way to, uh, you know, Corcoran or north of Bakersfield uh, from Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, because my grandmother uh, would pile them in the car and um, they would only stop to get water uh, to put in the radiator. Yeah. And there was no air conditioner, and there was no radio, and they put the windows down yep. to get to you know for the breeze four and, and so six, on. Four and sixty. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and I and I would say to my mom, you, "What do you mean? Hold on, what, you you didn't stop for a for a sandwich?" Or and she'd say, she'd look at me and she'd say <laughs> something to the effect of. Stop for a sandwich. You're so cute. <laughs> what? You obviously haven't been listening to anything I've said for the last 50 years. She said, you know, your problem is, as with all of you uh, children, all of you grandchildren uh, of grandma, um, you know, you think she's this sweet, uh, loving, funny little lady. Uh, she was tough as nails, and um, she she had no compunction whatsoever of just pushing on. Mm-hmm. There was just it, it it there was no other option. No, there wasn't. And and you know, and see, as much as much as I appreciate it, I have no true comp- comprehension of what it was. And see, that's the thing about today. There is nothing that like the Great Depression. That caught that has caused the the upheaval in society uh, as that did uh, that yes. causes people yes. to uh, stop for a moment and say, well, now wait a second, uh, maybe I better smell the roses here or taste the coffee because there might not be roses tomorrow and probably right. not coffee tomorrow. You right. Know? Well, how many how many guests have we had on the show, Harry? That have said that same message, exactly. but in a different way. Yeah. Uh, such as Jerry Geronimo Martin. Exactly. Such exactly. as, such as uh, uh, Larry, um, uh, the curator of the Black Cowboy Museum. Yep. Such as um, um, uh, one of my favorites is William Wellman. Yeah. Who, although grew up in a Hollywood family understood you know listened to the stories of his father yeah who went and volunteered for the french free air force in world war one yeah to fight you know to fight germany in world war one and 
from that experience, he created the film Wings, Wings. which was the won first Academy the first Award. Oscar. Yeah, that's right for Best Picture. Um, he and the reason the film is so real is because he lived it. Yep. Uh, uh, Grapes of Wrath is so real is because Ford. Uh, lived it way, mm-hmm. way before the Great Depression ever happened, mm-hmm. but way before the Dust Bowl. Yeah. You know, uh, growing growing up in 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 Maine, uh, Bangor, Maine, uh, and understanding what it was like to not know where you're going to get your next meal. Yeah. And this is something that we've lost touch with. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, be that as it may, here we are. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, if you're wondering what what the hell are we talking about, it's about anything and everything, uh, as long as we can relate it back to the Old West, because that's just the way it is. No topic for old men or nuggets, if you will. I have to credit the fetching Mrs. Alexander for um, term, uh, the term no topic for old men. <laughs> Well, I'd like to credit Mrs. Alexander for putting up with you. <laughs> so this is, you know, yeah. I mean, come on, let's. The, the woman, we used to, we used to tease an old friend of mine that I worked with for years, and we used to say, you know, the woman's a saint, and he, and and, and he'd say, well, why do you say my wife is a saint? I'd say because. We'd always look at him and say, you know, to, to live in a house with you for the last 60 years, she's got to be a saint. Yeah, no She kidding. hasn't hit you in the head with a frying pan or a rolling well, pin Well, not, 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 not that you can see. <laughs> and, well, yeah, listen. Every now and then there's that disturbing tick, but, you know, it gets away. <laughs> yeah, as, as Billy Ray uh, in uh, Trading Places, uh, Eddie Murphy's character says, Karate man uh, bruise on the inside. So let's 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 let's, let's just remember that uh, you know they're all they're 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 the bruises we see and the bruises we don't see. There you go. What uh, what what movies have you seen of late, Todd? Well, I I have to tell you, I'm very very excited to see uh, Napoleon oh. with. Uh, 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 Directed by uh, Ridley Scott, who directed uh, Kingdom of Heaven, mm-hmm. and directed Alien, and Bunches directed, of, uh, um, of course, directed uh, um, uh, Gladiator. Uh, he has done uh, Napoleon with uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and it's really I hear something special. Is Phoenix Cast- uh, does Phoenix play a tempo- uh, Napoleon? He plays Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, you know. Not much CGI, a cast of thousands. Mm. Uh, the other film I'm very excited to see is Oppenheimer uh, with uh, Killian Murphy, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, who directed uh, uh, Batman with uh, uh, um, not the latest Batman, the Batman before that. Um, yeah. It's uh, um, the great thing about this 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 film Oppenheimer is uh, Nolan says there is virtually no CGI in the entire film. Wow. So that's, uh, I think, really, really interesting and something to take note of. Um, And uh, I also am uh, very much looking forward to, and I've said it before on the show, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the uh, Kevin Costner film, the first of four Westerns that mm-hmm. he has made. Mm-hmm. He's put his own money into it. 
um, and he was inspired to make these from seeing uh, how the West was won as a child. Nice. So, all right. I, I think those those are three great candidates for anybody to go see. Well, I got some movies to talk about for you, but first we're going to talk uh, talk take our next commercial break here because we'd have to. <laughs> it's that time. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. It's Abel Francis, Voices of the West. We'll be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Tramp and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old best here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but blank henchman to pull off the job what to do you better start packing a handgun Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Renna henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Yosemite Sam! It's Yosemite Sam! Yosemite Sam! Yosemite Yeah, Yosemite Sam! The roughest, toughest, he-man, stuffest hombre has ever crossed the Rio Grande. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you, although Bunker is not with us. Uh, something happened to the horse there. So, uh, you know, I, wa- I wish he was here, Todd, because I wanted to ask him how Big John would have handled Yosemite Sam on the chaparral. Well, when you have a wife as pretty as she was, you don't really care about Yosemite Sam. You know, you, you, 
you go have a couple shots of tequila and you find yourself a dark little corner. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, the thing about Yosemite Sam was it's important to remember is uh, he had the shortest legs for a tough guy I you ever think? saw. Yeah. And I also loved it when he played the Hessian. I know. With the cannon. Yep. You know. Um, but, you know, uh, he's just such an indelible character. You, you And... And Mel, Mel Blanc just was able to <laughs> not only encapsulate him, but embody him in such a way that he was, he, he just goes on and on and on and uh -huh. on forever, you know, yep. and it, it's just, it's one of those characters that you just can't, you can't, no matter how hard you try, you can't forget him. Well, okay, I promised you I'd uh, talk about a couple of the movies. Um, I saw this one a couple of weeks ago, the wife and I did, uh, on our Saddle Up Friday night. It's called Wild Girl. It's uh, from 1932. Raoul Walsh directed this movie. Uh, stars Joan Bennett, Ralph Bellamy, and uh, Charles Farrell. Um, rather interesting um, movie, and, I mean, it, directed by Walsh, so... You know it's got to be good, and it is. It's uh, taken from Bret Hart's story of Salome Jane. Uh, she's a California mountain girl who's sought after by a number of men in the nearby small town of Redwood City. Aha! And, yeah, we know what that means. Yeah, right. And it's her struggle uh, of, you know, saying, of just say no. Uh, so that was, a, that was pretty doggone good, I thought. Um, Interesting to see Ralph Bellamy uh, in, in a Western. I've seen him in another Western, and, and you just don't think of him as being in Westerns. But he, there he was. Um, the next movie that we watched, uh, which I highly recommend, and I'm surprised I had not seen it, um, it's called The First Texan. Uh, Joel McRae uh, from 1956, and... Uh, uh, McRae is portraying uh, uh, Eastern lawyer Sam Houston, uh, and who has moved is moving to Texas, and uh, so uh, one thing leads to another, of course, and at the request of uh, Andy Jackson, uh, Houston leads the Texan independence movement and uh, wins the decisive battle against the Mexican army to gain Texas independence. Uh, they do not talk about, they, they mention the Alamo in here, but it's uh, in that last battle, it's um, everybody saying, remember the Alamo. <laughs> and that's how they uh, take care of uh, General Santa Ana. Uh, that was good. And, and Bunker and I were talking about the number of times that um, historic, actor, historic figures have been portrayed by actors. Joel McRae has done two that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, this one, uh, East Tex uh, First Texan, as uh, Sam uh, Houston, and the other one as, um, <laughs> yeah, it's gone now. Doggone it. Jeez. <laughs> uh, 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 um, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill Cody he played. Sure. And, well, uh, uh, yes, of course, which is every time at the end of the film when the little boy who's crippled on crutches says, yeah. You know, he says, I, I just want to say this is my last show, and I love you all, and thank you. And the little boy stands up and says, well, thank you, love, Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 every time I get a little lump in my oh, throat, yeah, it's yeah. a great film. It is. Maureen O'Hara is fabulous. Uh, 
Thomas Mitchell is fabulous. Um, there's nothing wrong with that film. Um, no, 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 no. And although a lot of people say, well, we, you know, uh, too bad Buffalo Bill wasn't that good of a guy. Um, you know, I always say, as my father used to say, uh, try not to judge anybody prior to walking a mile in their moccasins. There you um, go. You know, I'm not saying that he was a good guy. I'm not saying he was a bad guy. What I am saying is, uh, based on the circumstances, based on the time, mm-hmm. and based on the realities of what he was dealing with, you don't know what you'd do. Um, yep. You know, uh, and 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 I would still say that regardless of whatever he did do or didn't do, uh, he he created or shall I say instilled mm-hmm. the myth of the West mm-hmm. to the level of the, that it is to, to this day. Yep. It's, it is of the level of where it is in film and in lore because of people like Buffalo Bill. Agree. Uh, two other movies that we uh, took a gander at last night and uh, enjoyed them immensely. Uh, it's a pair of Tim Holt movies. I got for Christmas a collection of Tim Holt movies and um, uh, finally got a DVD player that will play these things now. <laughs> so we, we had a Tim Holt night and uh, watched uh, a pair of uh, his movies, uh, Land of the Open Range from 1942 and Thundering Hoofs also from 1942. These were, these were uh, uh, movies that he did, obviously, before he went to serve uh, in World War II. And most of the movies that he did when he came back uh, with Richard Martin, uh, those were uh, 1949, 1950, and uh, I think Republic still did them, or maybe RKO did them. But... Uh, yeah, that's that's when um, uh, Richard Martin started in in there, and in Thundering Hoofs, Martin does get a cameo in there, although it's not really a cameo; it's one of his first appearances there. But uh, both these movies are pretty doggone good. Tim Holt, um, if you're familiar with actor Jim uh, Jack Holt, uh, be familiar with Tim, because Tim is just as good as uh, Jack. And unfortunately, neither of them are as attractive as sister um, Jennifer, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Um, Otherwise, we'd have a different program, I think. <laughs> In any yeah. event, uh, uh, both of these movies are, are, are good. Lots of action. Uh, Leslie Sealander uh, d- uh, directed Thundering Hoofs. Leslie did uh, a lot of the Hoppy movies, so you know there's bunches of uh, action in those things so um, highly recommend them uh, you'll have to find them elsewhere I've got them on DVD and I ain't loaning it out <laughs> well and of course you know Tim Holt was in uh, you know he plays uh, Virgil Earp in yep. My Darling Clementine with Henry Henry yep. Ford yep. and Ward Bond um, and he, I, I've always loved that role and I've always loved him in it and you know, he's just a, he's just, he plays it straight, and he's uh, very, uh, he's just very good in it, as he was in the TV show. Yeah. Um, with all those serials that he did, you know. Um, but we don't have actors like that anymore. No. And They're what, all yeah. trying trying to figure out how to yeah. um, 
you know, why can't I uh, direct as well? <laughs> well, uh, in both of these movies, uh, one of the, the co-stars is uh, musician Ray Whitley. And uh, Ray contributed all kinds of music to all of these Tim Holt movies. Every, I think he was in just about every Tim Holt movie there was. And uh, did the music, I mean, you know... It, and you've heard Ray Whitley music on on this program in the bump in the bumpers, and uh, he's just good. And by golly, I saw his guitar at the at the Autry, and I am not on. I I, I, I am not worthy. <laughs> so well, and also it's important to remember that Thundering Hooves was a um, was a Zane Gray novel. That's right. That's exactly uh, and, right. You know, and it's also. Uh, you can't. We cannot talk about him whole without mentioning that, of course, he is in uh, Treasure of Sierra Madre. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and he's just he's he he stands right up toe to toe, shoulder to shoulder with Bogart and Walter Houston in that film easily. And and. Uh, and nobody's got there's no flies on Tim Holt. No. You know, and it's it's interesting that, uh, that when you look at father son combinations, um, you can see resemblance in there in, in, in many aspects. But with Tim Holt and Jack Holt, um, other than the same last name, their eyes, yeah, I can see I can see the eyes there. But Tim does not have that square draw that Jack does. Although Tim is quite the fighter that Jack was. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I, I tell you, I think Jack Holt could have been cast as Dick Tracy, and that he, man, he could have, he could have milked that and, until he died, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That good, anyway. So, that's what we have been watching. Up to 618 B-movies now, Todd. Well, you know... Um, I'm running out of them. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And uh, there's a lot of B-movies. And, uh, you know, it, I think the, the beautiful part of it all is that you get to share it with the show. And yeah. we're, we're the lucky ones for it. Well, there, there is one that we watched. I would not necessarily recommend this one. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, Phantom Cowboy. Uh, 1935. Uh, let's see. Ted Wells, Don's, Doris Brooks, George Chesabro, Jimmy Aubrey. Chesabro and Aubrey are the best things about this particular movie. Um, Bill Collins meets up with his lookalike, the Phantom, and is soon involved in his fight with Buckskin Houston. Houston has a big robbery plan, but the Phantom beats it to it. It had promise, but that's about all it had was some promise uh, another one um, this one uh, Gunfire 1934 Rex Bell Ruth Mix and Buzz Barton uh, it's the second of four films uh, with these three stars made by Resolute Productions and um, well the basic plot is pretty doggone basic <laughs> there isn't much plot to it <laughs> Uh, it's not as bad as Revenge of the Virgins, but uh, it's right up there. <laughs> well, wait, hold on a second here. Hold on. Now, I, I'm willing to put up with a lot, but do not badmouth Revenge of the Virgins. Oh, because, you know, 
That's basically my entire uh, time in junior high school and yeah. high school. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, yeah. pal. So, yeah. Um, and by the way, there are certain brand marks on my body from those days. So, don't you know? Let, I I wear those I wear those wounds proudly. with pride. Proudly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Uh, you know, I, I I have to say that. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, you have to watch these films in context. You have to watch them yes. as your parents or your grandparents would have watched them. You know, you can't go into it with your own sensibilities of no. today. No, 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 um, no, you can't. A, a, you know, with social media as no, it is no, no. and or television no, as it is no. or but whatever. I, when, I, when I say uh, don't bother with it, it's... The reason I say that the acting is terrible, the writing has uh, there is no continuity to it. Uh, the scenes are what the hell did they film that for? Um, kind of. A it thing. reminds me of some of the films I see today on it, television. You know, thank you. That are made new. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on that note, though, we're going to wrap it up here. Take our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voice of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at Voices of the West.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. 
And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns. Voices of the West at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Get your hands up, all of you! So you thought you could get by with another holdup, huh? Well, maybe a long jail term will teach you boys something. And if it don't, there's always a rope. This is the Voices of the West. Always sing raggedy music to the cattle as they swing. Back and forward in the saddle on a horse That was syncopated There was such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater How they run when they hear the fellas gun And the western folks all know He's a high-polluting, rootin', tootin' son of a gun From Arizona, ragtime cowboy Joe We're back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, not with us Todd Roberts in Los Angeles The Ranch Boys there with their version of Ragtime Cowboy Joe Pretty good stuff, I thought. Todd? I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. All right, I'm going to leave. Uh, we, we're, the show is wrapping down. Uh, wa- uh, not wrapping. It's uh, winding down here. Uh, I thought I would leave us with um, uh, some French philosophy. Okay. I, I, I know you're excited to hear this, Todd. Uh, to get a handle on modern French philosophy. Are there French fries? <laughs> <laughs> French toast. French toast? French toast. French toast? Okay. All right. I'm willing to go with you. Go ahead. Let her, let, let her rap. <laughs> to get a handle on modern French philosophers, not French fries, just assume that everything non-physical is real, while everything of substance is unreal. So, sadness is real, but escargot is not. <laughs> well... That's that's uh, the answer. That's today's left. <laughs> you know, is, uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, the other night I was out to dinner with some people at an event, and one of the fellows ordered escargot. Uh, we were sitting up there at the table, and he ordered escargot, and I... I he was just so excited. Um, the last time I saw somebody this excited, I think I was, I was that excited when I bellied up to a bar. But um, he just was so overwhelmed with, with enthusiasm, uh-huh. and he took a bite and he said, "Oh, oh, oh!" 
Oh, oh, these are the most tender snails I've ever had in my life. Uh-huh. And I said, um, really? Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, they're just so tender. And I said, but um, you're eating basically um, something that has no vertebrae and no bones. Um, how, how could it not be tender? Um, you know, um, and if you uh, put salt on it, I it goes away. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, he goes, oh, and the butter and the white wine uh, and the yeah, garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I said, yeah, you're, you're, those are all really great. Those, thing, those three things are fabulous. But I just want to remind you of something. I think that, um, I think that um, uh, uh, Chaplin put them on that shoe sole that he was eating <laughs> in early times. Um, you know, and, and, and he couldn't eat it either. So, um, you know, is, 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 are you eating it and loving it because you do like it or because you're supposed to like it? Um, well, and always take a good look at what you're about to eat. It's not so important to know what it is, but critical to know what it was. Well, yeah, and you know, um, I I don't want to be. I'm not trying to be crude, and I'm not trying to be, uh, and I'm honestly not trying to be, uh, um, shall I say, unfair. But um, considering as though you know, I walk Ella, my mother's dog, every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I probably, based on how much I know snails cost at a restaurant, mm-hmm. I probably. Stepped on about four or five thousand dollars worth. Of I sales. know, I know. So um, they're here on the street for free. Why would you pay that kind of money for them uh, in a restaurant? Yeah, exactly. So because it's French, <laughs> I guess. Well, I don't you know, know, French toast, French fries, and um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, there's a few other things that are French that are nice. I just I don't know that I need to eat a buck. Hey, Todd, generally speaking, fancy titles and nightshirts are a waste of time. Uh, well, yes, um, and we know uh, the most famous individual who wore a white sh- uh, uh, nightshirt was Scrooge, and yes. we know what happened to him. There you go. So let's, you know, let's put it all into context. Uh-huh. It's perspective. That's all that matters. That's okay, right. so here we go. The best way to have quiche for dinner is to make it up and put it in the oven to bake it about 325 degrees. Meantime, get out a large T-bone, grill it, and when it's done, eat it. As for the quiche, continue to let it bake, but otherwise ignore it. <laughs> well, you know, the, the quiche is why you have a dog. Uh, thank you. <laughs> These are all coming uh, to you from this nifty book here that I got from Pat Hirsch. Who is with us today, in this, in in the in the lobby here, uh, listening to the program? Uh, it's called uh, "Don't Squat with Your Spurs On." It's a cowboy's guide to life, written by Tex Mix yes. Bender. Yes, I have that book, <laughs> and I love it dearly. And I would agree with basically everything it says. It's good you know, stuff. Um, uh, don't men, real men don't eat quiche, and real women don't pump their own gas. Thank you so much. Um, but you know. Um, I remember once I was when I spent a summer in Rome and we were there and we went to out to brunch or something and 
they ordered a frittata, and, and oh, you're going to love the frittata, the frittata, the frittata. And it's, oh, you're going to be so happy when it comes to the table. And it came to the table, and I looked at it, and I said, this looks like a quiche to me. <laughs> and all the people at the table were Italian. All the Italians at the table looked up and went, that's, oh. not, a, that, that's not a quiche. That's a frittata. Of course. And I said, well, I got bad news for you. It smells like a frittata. Yeah, it quacks like a frittata. And I bet you it tastes like a frittata. Um, so I'm not trying to be mood. Uh, I'm not trying to be rude, crude, or uh, unfair. I'm just, um, you know, um, um, maybe not. Probably not. No, thanks. And on that note, yeah. it is time oh. to end this production. Uh, we, 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 Bunker hopefully will be maybe he's getting his horse repaired and to be uh, with us next week I hope so we got a great guest coming up next uh, next time we get together here on Abel Francis the Voices of the West who we got Todd Bobby Carradine Robert Carradine yeah. the son of John Carradine uh, the great great actor in uh, Grapes of Wrath and Stagecoach and so many other great films Excellent. and of course the younger brothers, the younger brother of Keith Carradine and uh, um, David Carradine, All right. uh, and uh, just a very good actor and uh, a very, of course, most people are going to remember him from his role in the Cowboys with John Wayne, mm -hmm. and he was also uh, in the remake of Monty Walsh playing Sunfish Perkins. He was in Young Guns too, wasn't he? He was in Young Guns. Mm -hmm. uh, no, 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 no. No, he was not in Young Guns. He was in The Long Riders. Long Riders, okay. With his brothers. Ooh. And he's just a good actor. All right. He that's, shows up and he puts it together. That's next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Bunker's not here to uh, sign us off, so we will say so long, everybody. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.